0: Still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat us the last line of defense, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's gonna get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh Watson goes magnificently on the
1: outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel, and I am joined, as ever, by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Tom, how are you? Another a uh, weekend with less rugby, with no Six Nations, um, but a Bath defeat on this occasion. How are you?
0: Yeah, all good. It was uh, um, a tiring game to watch, let alone mm. uh, let alone play. Um, and yeah, as you say. Not one that we wanted to be losing as within our quest to to, to get in the top four, but plenty to talk about today, mm. um, and also obviously the big news with with Danny Cipriani mm. that I'd, um, uh, I'd 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 uh, said wasn't legit in the last podcast and was announced about twelve hours later. So <laughs> what do we know as ever? Yeah, I think even like, we I kind of hit upload on the podcast
1: late on Monday night. And then check Twitter and the Rugby <laughs> the Rugby or the Daily Mail reporting that it had been signed. And I was thinking, oh, we definitely spoke about that. And I think Tom described it as unlikely, and Charlie described it as a terrible idea. So um we will come to that. But Charlie, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Uh probably
2: a touch better than Tom was on Friday night. Uh did you enjoy the did, did you enjoy the France Scotland game, Tom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Missed most of that, managed to catch the last 10 minutes, which was uh, pretty exciting. But yeah, uh, car issues, unfortunately, meant I was at the side of a road trying to not watch it on my phone, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, 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 I wanted to have a little chat about the the end of the Six Nations, obviously, with, with you guys um, on our WhatsApp group. But instead, I just went straight to Charlie, because I thought, sending a photo of myself, enjoying a glass of red wine, watching the rugby whilst Tom was on the side of the road. Um, may not have gone down too well. But um, yeah, end to the Six Nations and I guess um, congratulations are in order to to Wales and obviously Scotland on their victory. We're not going to talk about this podcast. What we are going to talk about is the the crazy game at the Brentford Community Stadium. Bath coming down 36-33 losers to Brentford Football Club. I mean, sorry, London Irish Rugby Club apparently were were out there on on, on Saturday. Also going to talk about the, the Danny Cipriani Signing, even though it's kind of a week later, we will talk about that. Uh, Joe Doc Stocken- and the got re signing, and then a very brief, I think, look ahead to the Challenge Cup uh trip to Zebre on Friday afternoon obviously, bank holiday, Easter Friday, so three o'clock, three o'clock kickoff. Um, Charlie's looking surprised so I've told him so hopefully everyone else can
0: mark that in their diaries it's a three o'clock kick and I thought it was um, Friday evening as well you, so. thought, you thought it was five o'clock because it was a 24 hour clock alright okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah with the 15 big catch reality what, I was saying it was a brief look I just glanced it and thought oh five there five <laughs> o'clock um,
1: but yeah thanks for that Tom um let's get into the the London Irish game then lads obviously as I said a, a defeat um and before we get into the details of it Charlie uh, I guess a mad game of rugby uh, and ultimately with Bath going down to 12 men at one point were you come the final whistle almost relieved that that we came away with two points even though we went into the game expecting full five well
2: uh as every Bath fan it was a full roller coaster of emotions wasn't it mm-hmm. uh <sighs> So I, 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 did, I I'm still not quite sure how to feel. I mean, when the final whistle went, I was I was quite I was yeah a bit disappointed. I think is was was the was the overall feeling. But when you sort of step back and look at the game, the fact that we were down to twelve men, twelve points down with about twelve minutes to go, the fact that we managed to come away with two losing bonus points and we scored two tries in those last twelve minutes, it. It does show a good amount of grit and determination, uh, determination. Uh, But I mean, like ultimately, we lost to London Irish, which is a team like we must be beating, and Mm -hmm. it would have propelled us into the top into the top six, and sort of you know really like yeah, it would have really like been a trampoline perhaps in, in in into the top four. Because I mean mm. that's one of these probably one of these fixtures we might look back on. Yeah. If we end up coming fifth at the end of the season, for example, that we say, you know, that was a game we should have won. I mean, there have been a few this season, but that's one where I mean we we've been we've had a string of wins against our name and we thought, you know, returning internationals. Perhaps we should just say, screw the internationals. It was going perfectly fine while you guys were away. It's just carry on as it was. <laughs> They're all back and we're losing again.
1: <laughs> yeah, frustrating, I think, Tom. What were your overriding emotions, I guess, immediately after the game and now um, having spent about three hours watching the game back? Uh, with all the instances, it's a long, long game. it's a um, game. Um, we're we're about half an hour delayed recording, and um, because we thought we'd watch the game back, and yeah, it dragged on with all the TMO interview, uh, inter- interventions. But what were your thoughts immediately afterwards, and then kind of now?
0: Yeah, mixed really. I think two the two points are crucial. Like, would felt pretty bleak coming out uh, away from there with 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 nothing at all. Um, and you know, we know how close it can be at the end of the season, um, particularly over the last few years between sort of. Um, Really, third place, and and you know, right down to seventh or eighth place in the Premiership. So I think you know the two points are key, and we've we've said how important bonus points are in the past. But I just think it's another one that Bath rugby fans will be looking at the team sheets there, looking at some of the lads that we had coming back. You know, we fielded a really strong team with Yule's coming straight back in, despite his starts, from Watson coming back in as well, and then the other guys on the bench to provide some impact in the front row. And I just think you look at the London Irish side, you just scratch your head. As to with that much talent, how you can lose to a side uh, you know like London Irish, and I, I yeah, obviously the, the the cards came into it, but I felt we had plenty of opportunities to 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 score and to to put that game to bed that we just weren't able to yeah. to take, and we looked again so dominant in parts of parts of the game, um, and we just weren't able to. Uh, keep that going for um, any length of time to to kind of to kind of put the game to bed. So yeah, di- disappointing really is my main my main emotion because I think in, as you say Charlie, in the final analysis, that may well be one that we think well we really need to win that.
1: Well, wow, and of course the 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 return fixture where we played them at home was cancelled for COVID. So we didn't get a bonus point on that occasion when you'd expect us to, to get a bonus point against London Irish at home. So yeah, ultimately, I think both games against London Irish are kind of, even though the first one wasn't a, a game as such are, are showing us missed opportunities. And I think I was, I was frustrated, you know, the, the two points are good, but I think we didn't, we weren't unlucky in the fact that we had injuries in 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 the same position, sort of losing two or three players in the same position. We were rejigging, or or you know something didn't go our way. It was our own ill discipline in in, in a five minute period, which was just crazy that that, that that lost us that game. And I think that was what's so frustrating. We saw in those last twelve minutes, as you say, Charlie, that it was it was easy to score against them. Like it, it really was easy, and I just think. If we'd managed to keep all those players on the pitch with that pack at the end of the game, um, with with the um, the front rowers coming coming uh, onto the pitch, as you mentioned, Tom, I do think we we could have could have pulled away with that game. So I was frustrated, um, to be honest yeah. with
0: you. And I felt like we at times tried to overplay, and the off, some of the offloading was brilliant in that first half, um, mm. and, and you know some of the long passes that, that we started to see see were, were great, and it's good to see guys playing with a bit more confidence. But as you say, I don't think it would have taken too much to, to penetrate that London Irish defence. You know, some quick ball, um, some kind of, you know, um, some hard runners and then spinning out wide. And, and it would have been, um, I think it would have been fairly straightforward. But as it was, we had these kind of outrageous offloads. Um, JJ kind of kicking it forward and, um, and and trying to, Bailey did it as well, kind of trying to chip it forward where you can just use use the pass and keep the ball. And I think it's just playing those percentages that um, we didn't do, we we looked like we were trying to be a million dollars all the time. We looked like we needed a Lamb, we we thought we needed a Lamborghini, and actually could have probably driven through the defense in, um, you know. My um, uh, defender, or in the garage now. Um, I just think, yeah, we we probably gave him a little bit too much credit at times in that first half. Mm. And I think when we did simplify our game
1: and we went down to twelve men, that was when we had we had all of our success. But let's get into the the, the, the first half before we come on to the cards and the second half meltdown, Charlie. And your boy Will Muir, a uh, fantastic performance all round, but cross for an early try, and, and as Tom said, came from some some nice offload play from from Bath.
2: Yeah, I mean the offload play looked looked pretty strong. We were trying to chuck it around a bit, which is which is quite nice. Although I do feel that sort of played a bit into London Irish's hands, being a team that wants a slightly looser looser game of rugby. Um, but yeah, he's he just seemed, whenever he gets the sounds on the ball, he does he does something special. Um, so you know, I'm I just I'm so impressed with the way he's playing and yeah, looks looks fantastic. And uh, it was a, it was a lovely uh, Max Clark offloads to. Uh, mm set him up for the try so yeah it was, it, was a, it was a nice passage of play but then again like I felt a couple of times like even even really early on we had that line out uh we, we we got that early penalty line out five meters out from the line and we just got driven straight into touch from from the get-go like we we hit front man at the line out. I'm not sure who's in charge of calling calling uh that that and um, but we hit front man and it's, it just seems so easy for us to drive out. I mean, it always seems drilled into every single Englishman's brain that you don't hit front man from... From five meters out of the line lineout since the 2015 World Cup, <laughs> like I swear, is is that into everyone's head? Like,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps they, they they felt they there was a weakness that they spotted before the game. I'm not sure. There's people who watch a, a lot more of uh, these teams than I do and paid a lot more than I am, but I, I just I just felt like was a, that was an example of a brilliant attacking opportunity to mm. just get on the right foot in the game and. Immediately from the get-go, we sort of we, we just we just blow one of these opportunities, and they're able to you know turn us over, clear their lines, and that's the visits to the twenty-two where we've where we squandered some points. So yeah, that that was sort of where I started thinking, you know, come on, let's sort it of out, but.
1: Uh, it's probably where the yeah the, the doubt crept into my mind. Let's say, but, yeah, I think sort of blowing opportunities that we create for ourselves was almost a theme of that first half, Tom. And I think yeah. when, when when we did do that, you know, a couple of good defensive um, sets in and around the twenty-two, it seemed that we just give away a penalty. And I think the the one that springs to mind for me is the one w- which kind of led to the Charlie Owsley yellow card, first yellow card. Um, when when he makes the tackle on Loader, but after he makes that tackle, they go through so many phases in around the twenty-two. Um, we do really well defensively, turn the ball over, but then they come back for the the um, Charlie Ewell's yellow card. And I think that was what was so frustrating is that we did things well, but weren't
0: quite able to finish them off. Yeah, and it's it's a big psychological swing as well when you when you defend for two or three minutes, as we did in in that instance, get the turnover, feel like you've won that particular battle, and then come back. Um, you know, as you say, penalty, and suddenly they're down, they're down in the corner. And I think, you know, it was it was, it was stuff like that where, as as you always say, we didn't make our lives particularly easy. Um, and you know, I think the you know the the big opportunity um, in that in that first half was the the Spencer. Uh, was, it, was that oh, yeah? That was before halftime. The Spencer break mm-hmm. when yeah, fantastic stuff from Spencer around the fringes makes the break, gives it to Big Joe, who you know in his prime scores that nine times out of ten surely you'd hope he, he's gotta he's mm. gotta finish that or at least then get back to his feet and pick up the ball and not just stand there looking at it mm. uh, and he, and he's not able to and Irish counter up and clear their lines and again you felt where we've got victories in the last few weeks we've scored at that sort of point in time and sort of taking the game by the scruff of the neck mm. but we weren't able to do that at Irish got won the ball that won the psychological battle and uh, yeah just mm. just just again not quite as, as clinical as we've shown that we can be over the last month or so. Yeah. Frustrating
1: that from Big Joe, Charlie, what were your thoughts on, on his performance? We're going to talk about his contract renewal in a bit, but what were your thoughts on his performance on Saturday?
2: Yeah, it's a, a bit of a mixed bag. Like he makes, yeah, like he he's, he can sometimes there at like those crucial moments and he makes like a sort of big intervention, but I, I, I think I mentioned it at the start of the season where he was blowing quite hot and cold. That sometimes it feels with Joe that he'll he'll do two steps forward, one steps back, and he'll do something fantastic, and then follow that up almost immediately with with an error, and so it, it leaves you, yeah, it's yeah, sort of a bit. A, a bit deflated after, after these interventions he's making. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's lack of form or, or just, or even just a bit of bad luck. I'm I'm not quite sure, but he sort of felt that a bit throughout this game. And I, I think, I think defensively, Joe had a couple of moments where he got stepped far too easily. And that, that led to a few breaks. There was, there was, uh, I can't remember who scored the try where he got, he got, he got stepped around quite easily and that, that led to the break. Mm. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's just just a bit of a mixed bag with him, really. I, I mean, he had he had some he had some nice moments on the ball, but then some moments where you're sort of pulling your hair out and shrugging your shoulders, thinking that
0: was a bit yeah. soft. I think he's I think he's making many fewer errors than he was. Do you remember when he was playing earlier in the season? And every time he got the ball, something would go wrong, like he'd drop it or he was missing tackles left, right, and centre. I think his confidence is starting to come back. And it's something that you said when we were watching the game, G. He's going looking for the ball much Mm. more. So he's coming into the line. He's taking the ball. He's not being as effective as you'd probably like to see for a man of his, his, his size and speed, but he's at least going looking for it. And I think trying to build his confidence back up. And I just think if he scores, you know, he scores that try, which he should do, um, he, you know, he, he makes a couple of good tackles, and maybe he scores a, another try down the wing. And and uh, it, it's a, he's a very young guy. It's going to take a couple of things like mm. that, I think. Hopefully, just to see him carrying on, um, you know, getting his confidence back. Because I don't see it as a physical issue. Like, He still looks mm. a million dollars. I, I really do see it as a as a as a as a kind of mental battle that he's he's in. And i I think he's I think like you said, Charlie, you think he is starting to make progress, but it's just hard to keep playing him on that wing in the starting position when there's guys that are coming through and just looking a million dollars
2: yeah I mean we had someone get in touch with us uh, Ant on, on Instagram who got, got in touch with us who's, uh, who's perhaps suggesting playing him at 13 which sort of I know we all had a little, a, a little discussion about and it's sort of one of these things where we thought perhaps can you get him involved in the game a bit more at 13 but I think this sort of game showed defensively He's just really not up to it. The- talk about
0: talk about how to knock his confidence as well. Yeah. Like, get uh,
1: him at third is of position. Every, if you want to get in the ball, play him at number eight. Like, I think I personally, you boys are being are being quite um quite kind on on the performance on Saturday. I, I, I thought he was quite poor actually. Uh, I slugging him off. <laughs> well, I'm not you off. No. No, i <laughs> not, so not poor. saying he's terrible, but. <poor>. You've got to score that try yeah, for, this, for the Spencer break. You've got to score that try. Uh, it's a great tackle, mind. He does
0: like you can't do much. If you've got no ankles. Yeah, Curtis Rona does a good job there, doesn't
1: he? He does an okay you job. Hate Curtis don't Rona. As well, that's the reason. I don't think Curtis Rona is very good player. No, but I he doesn't
2: hate Z C- 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 Rona? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I was kind of look, but I just was weird. I was looking at the, the the outside backs that London Irish had, and I was looking at the outside backs and outside centre in particular that Bath had had from London Irish. And I was thinking, would they fancy just being like a straight swap for all of them? I thought that oh. that their outside backs look, looked looked quick, you know, looked and it looked um, steppy. They looked electric, and and I thought. Joe looked a bit lethargic. And I, I, it's weird because if he'd been... And we're so sidetracked here. I'm sorry, Tom. I <laughs> that no, you wanted to keep it tight. But I think it's weird. If he'd been, like, this active in the game and getting this much ball when he was almost unplayable when he first came onto the scene, we would honestly not lose games back then because we used to lament that whenever he got the ball he was fantastic but he'd only get the ball three or four times a game now he's carrying the ball probably 10 12 times a game but it just doesn't seem to be nearly as effective um okay i it was, was just th- going
0: to say if you know we we we've we've got a bit of a chappied history of straight player swaps with our good friends at welford road so i will we'll be staying well away from that please given how the last one worked out Could, quickly then charlie three names from you everyone fit um,
1: challenge cup final, what is your what is your back three? I'll put you on the spot here, but I want it really quickly as well because we're already- Starting back three. Yeah.
2: Gonna have currently Will Muir, um Anthony Watson at fifteen and oh yeah, probably Rory McConaughey. Yeah. No. Tom. I,
0: I agree. I completely agree.
2: Oh,
1: it's tough on Tom the Glamville. It tough is on uh, Tom de glanville.
2: tough on Tom the Glanville. I mean, you you could potentially put Watson to the other wing. I mean, yeah, you could potentially do Will Muir, Watson on the other wing.
0: And Tom no, de no, de no, yeah, oh, no, no, where, no. Yeah, no, where's the remove? Where's the remove from you don't the zoo? <laughs> Ask Warren Gatland. <laughs>
1: I'm um, a conicky in the second row, maybe. Um, <laughs> trying to make was that. I, I was team the lineout. Yeah, I don't think Joe's in any in any Bath fans um, kind of top back for it at the moment. And kind of let's move off Jared on a pile on too.
0: mentioned the defence in that that first yeah, half. Please, so couple of, but <clears throat> I'm mean, really for for kind of both the the London Irish <laughs> tries. Really, poor. I mean, the first one against Loader, as you say, two one-on-one tackles missed by mm. mainly by Max Clark, which he really should be snaring in there, and also mm. Underhill, which is a tough challenge, but one that you probably expect him to make. And then more structurally, for the second try, when you know Spencer doesn't make touch and he has to go 20 yards or so to put other players on side, we're just so dog-legged. I mean, we let Parton just like find an easy gap through the line. And then Jonathan Josephs, like he kind of like is like jogging after him and tries to go for the tap tackle when he's 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 in range to kind of dive and take him. Up. And oh, I just think when they're looking at that try in the review, oh, they one pretty harsh words said because uh, that was not. But should we move on to the second half because we've got a lot?
2: No, no so, sorry, no, just to, to, <laughs> that no no that try was a key turning point in the game. I thought and I think I mean we probably should discuss it. That one with Spencer. I mean, first of all, no, 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 no. First no. of all, do you think he he's trying to make touch or or not? I mean, because that that's what I thought was was crazy. He seemed to have so much time on on the ball to make a clearance, but booted it upfield, and I mean, he he sort of gave himself a five meter angle. He's got no angle and, though,
1: pardon. If he if he goes to touch there, it's probably out on like near the twenty two. I know,
2: but he he. He seemed to have quite a bit of time. I, I from memory, he wasn't really being chased down and brushed onto a kick. He sort of received the ball and thought, "Right, I'll kick this."
0: And I don't think, think he was aiming for it, but I think in hindsight he would
2: have done. I, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, is a thing, isn't it? I mean, that's a pretty obvious comment. That's my yeah, opinion. yeah, exactly. It he, <laughs> he led almost first base for going for
0: because, like, if he's aiming for a touch there, he knows he needs to kick it out into the stands really, or they'll just take it quickly anyway. So his angle would have been like quite a lot different. And as G says, like, he wouldn't have found nearly as much ground. I think it was because he had to put guys on side by himself that meant that the defense defensive line was like just completely out of shape. But it doesn't really excuse the the kind of one-on-one tackles again. So I don't think he's like wholly to blame there.
2: Again, it's, yeah, because it, 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 I mean, I mean i'm not I'm not like hanging him out to drive for not making touch there I, I think that that's why I'm asking the question i mean do you think he was trying to make touch or do you think he was just kicking it down the field because like the reaction from all the other players just wasn't really there they they seemed to cruise through the line so easily on that on that yeah. moment so uh, yeah, a really really painful moment to uh to take a score there but yeah I think, yeah. I think that, yeah just it sort of led to them being. Being up at half time. So uh, it's put us in
1: the back foot. 17 mm. 13 at half time, as you say, Charlie. Um, Bath come out fast, Tom, in the, in the, in the second half, winning the, the the kind of line out, the restart line out, uh, going through the phases, and Anthony Watson picking a, a fantastic line to score to make it 17 20. A, a really good try. And, and we kind of continue to build, I think. Uh, with a kick at goal, seventeen twenty-three, uh, and and then kind of comes the the the, the oh, and then there's another try. We'll, we'll, we talk, I will just mention briefly the 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 next London Irish try, which again comes from a, 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 a turnover, and this was before it all kind of unravelled. And I think this is this is relevant for the try that we were just discussing there, Charlie, which you thought to be a turning point just before half time, uh, and, and this as well, and, and it's conceding in transition. You know, on the members' evenings, yeah. Neil Hatley has spoken like on both of them a lot about how they need to improve their defending in transition. So, basically, what that means is when you you concede the ball in attack, the ball remains live, and then in kind of that next phase, uh, that next tackle needs to be made. And, and we saw for the the um, this, the part and try. Um, from the Spencer not making touch or not going for touch or whatever, that literally comes from the next phase. And this tries well. Benno spills it in the 22, and we don't make another tackle until Parton's under the sticks. Yeah. And I just think that organisation uh, and, and that kind of awareness to react to turnovers was so poor on Saturday, and it meant that their back three uh, and their runners, who were who are really impressive, that Parton in particular, looked fantastic... They were just all over that. And I think that's something that the coaches, that defence in transition, I know Hatley's so hot on it. That's something that they'll be banging, banging onto them about this week, I can tell.
0: Yeah, it was, that was really disappointing. I, I, would, I think you could hit a nail on my head there. But I would just credit London Irish as well. Sean O'Brien came off the bench at that point and kind of gave a lovely miss pass and then was followed up and was back on the ball to give the ball out the ball out to Parton. So I think you, at times you've got to hand it to London Irish. That was a really well-worked try. But you're right. Again, in the review, they'll be looking at that and, and having some pretty strong words.
1: Mm, yeah, for sure. I think uh, 24-17. And then... Then it all just unraveled and it, watching the game back, I couldn't actually believe that it all happened so quickly. So I think we'll start, um, we'll start with the 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 Tom Dunn red card, Charlie. I guess we can probably have no complaints about this. You know, the, the way the guidelines are, if you you know, direct contact with the head seems to be a straight red card. So I guess once the referee and Timo picked up on it, that's the decision they're gonna to come to. Yeah,
2: I mean. Looking at looking at it through our blue, black, and white spectacles as we often do when watching the game, I was sort of sat there thinking, "Ah, oh, borderline, bit harsh. Like, can understand it." So, yeah, to the letter of the law, it was it was a red card, but it was sort of on that fringe. He sort of just clipped him on the chin, didn't he? Mm. Um, looking at it, yes, he should probably get a bit lower. It was It was also a little bit late, so that's never going to help him in that situation.
1: Never had the ball. Uh, no, I don't think you've ever, ever had the ball. Never even had the ball, creamy, So Very late. Never really had the ball. God, really. That shows where I
2: am, yeah. <laughs> Talking about it being late or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so look, that's that. it's it's not really going to help. Probably can't complain too much about it. I don't. I don't think it was... I don't think it was really malicious in any way but uh, it was yeah, it was it was a bit a bit a bit brainless a bit uh, reckless is what they like to say
0: isn't it so it's it's definitely reckless it's it's definitely an elbow to the face and I'll tee you up G because I know you want to talk about this but what annoys me not and and this is the same as you but what what I think is is frustrating from the Bath fans from from a Bath fans perspective are two things first is that the the It's so inconsistent when the TMO steps in to to get in touch with the referee to flag a decision. And and increasingly, when the TMO does step in, that is driven by outcome. And when I say outcome, I mean the player's reaction. So a lot of the time, there's probably five or 10 instances of collisions to the head being made, and players just get on with it and don't necessarily say anything. And I know that was kind of in play, so maybe the TMO would have spotted it anyway, but the main reason that they go back, or one of the contributing factors, is that Creavy makes such a mess mm. of it. And he, you know, he's down on the floor, he's holding his his head. It looks like he's, you know, just done, just done 12 rounds with, with Tyson Fury. And then he's straight back up and running it off and, mm. and and seems absolutely fine. Doesn't go off for an HIA, apparently, as well. So um yeah, yeah it, and I, I think it, it like it's setting a as it's setting a dangerous precedent that, that players will inevitably start to follow and I think we saw a few instances of London Irish players making the most of it it was almost as if they'd been told to do so and and to be honest like you know why would you to some why wouldn't you to some degree if you think that there will be game-changing decisions made and I, I yeah my, my concern is just that the, this the the, the the inconsistency of the TMO is leading players to um, uh, a bit of an incentive to make the most of, of, of these decisions mate you've articulated my views absolutely perfectly I
1: I yeah, I completely agree, and I won't. I won't repeat it. I think the, the important the point I just want to stress would be these guys must go off for a HIA. Then creevy has got to go off and have ten minutes off because if you're on the floor having treatment for two with two blokes for five minutes, if it's malicious, if it, you know if it's going to seriously hurt your head, then go off for a HIA and and Loader as well. It's, it's it's pathetic. It's more than pathetic. It's more than that. I would say In anyway, in sorry, Charlie. No, sorry, I was going to say it's.
2: It's the only way to like just um, to, to stop you- to stop people diving because like and it, it, we're at a crucial st- crucial stage at the moment to yeah. nip it in the bud because players are doing it a lot. I mean, we'll get onto the Charlie Yule red card at the moment, and I'll, this is where I've got a bit to say about it because I think <laughs> that, the that honestly, the milkman was was like really? he, he arrived early to the to the scene, but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, just if it,
2: that's all you're going to say, look, if, if a red card is given against you for a shot to the head or head area, whatever they want to say, then you've got to go off for 10 minutes. And so therefore if people are trying to milk something, grabbing their head, they know for well that they're going to have to go off for 10 minutes, whether they're concussed or not, it doesn't matter. But cause it'll be, it'll soon come to a crucial point in the game where, I mean, your fly half's gone off and then, like your fly half wants mm. to milk something, but then he thinks actually, if I milk this, I'm going off for ten minutes, and you have got no one to kick stick. Mm. So, look, I, I'm, I'm totally, in, I'm, I'm, I'm totally mm. in agreement. While I think, you know, fair enough, Tom Dunn, probably the letter of the law, probably red card, but I, I, I didn't really like the way it happened. Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd agree. I would agree, think you can go go further as well. I, I genuinely do. Like I, the, the HIA point is a good one, but that maybe wouldn't be enough to to dissuade players from doing it because ultimately if it's the difference between 10 minutes HIA can potentially come back on and a red card particularly if it's early in the game I don't think the the incentive the disincentive is strong enough there so you know in the same way that they I believe doing football if it's a clear and blatant dive I think referees and it's difficult and yeah, you know, this is clearly a grey area but I think like referees and TMOs are there to interpret what's going on in the game and I think you could for clear and obvious for clear and obvious um, milking of a situation. And we can all see it. The referees must be able to see it. It's all down to interpretation, Tom. Because well, that's what, that's what refereeing is. Only, no, 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 <laughs> but the bloke, the
2: bloke is, no, but the bloke has still been hit. He's yeah. still been hit, whether that's in his in his chest, in his neck, in his chin, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, it's it, it, like, you can, get hit, you, you can get hit in one part of the body and hurt in another. That is like, that's, that, that's, that's definitely true. So, if you start getting the referees saying, "Well, wow, that's diving," and mm. I mean, it's not like football where they suddenly jump in the middle of the air and well, not well, even, I think they're it'll gonna lay a the finger it. on them. Like he's, he's had Tom Dunn, who's a he's a hefty bloke, has run into him and he's fallen to the ground. I mean, who knows? You, I mean, you can't you can't have the referee say, "Well, I know you just got run into off the ball," but it didn't hit you in the head so you holding your face <laughs> you, 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 I actually you did not get hurt in the face you got hurt in the chest and that's all that it hurts I mean as soon as you do that you just I mean it opens up a bag of worms so yeah. it's, well, tricky. I, I just it's tricky
0: but I think head, head injury assessment
2: yeah. that mm-hmm. does
0: it Yeah. Well just on your point though, like the referees are there to interpret, TMAs are there to Mm. interpret what happens on a game of rugby. And you can I'm not I'm not suggesting that it would change the sanction for the player who hits them in the head. I'm I'm just suggesting that you also look at the other side of the, the 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 event or what's happened. And where I know it's 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 not easy, but where there is a clear milking of a situation. Um so what
1: what would have been your sanction then, Tom, for Creevy in that instance on Saturday? What we're talking yellow card, red card? What what's his sanction there? Well, he definitely goes off for an HIA, as you
0: say. Yeah, but in terms um, of further sanction for, for milking it, because
1: I, I agree, but
0: I think Yeah, I mean this is where it's like, do they need more um and this is a whole wider discussion? Do they need different types of cards that aren't currently available? Um I don't know. I think. Very difficult, isn't it? Because what do you do? Do you, do you red card? Give the penalty to bath I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying I've got the perfect solution. Hmm. I, I think you know. For a clear dive, I would like to see Creevy be given the yellow card or be be sent from the field because I just think it's it, this needs to be nipped in the bud. um And uh, Sorry. I, I just, I just,
2: I know. I just can't really agree with this. I think hmm. he, he's not diving. He's He's been running to it. It's not like someone's clipped past him and hit him on the shot like like, like it's 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 like not someone's run past him, clipped him on the arm and he's fallen to the ground holding his face. I know
0: what's happened. I can see
2: it. He did get hit in the chin, yeah. like he got hit in the chin or the neck or whatever it was. I mean, he, he got he got hit in that part of his body and he's 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 fallen to the ground and he's he's whether he's held that part of his body or not, but you can't say because a player falls to the ground and holds a part of their body that's hurt that he's diving. Yes, milk saying, I didn't
0: him, say, know, say milk him a bit more. Charlie, Charlie, I, I think the word diving is is Charlie. completely wrong in this instance. Charlie, you're the only one who said diving. I've never said he dived. I understand why he went down. What, no, I, I, don't down what I don't understand, I don't understand, is why he stays there and holds his head. And then the other guy, the the sub prop or maybe the starting prop, whatever, he he went down. We were watching it just now. He went down, held his head, uh, despite the fact he'd been hit in the back. And then he got back up and was kind of like smiling and, and having a little, like moving his neck around and yeah. kind of looking pretty smug with himself. And I bet I don't, you know, I, we, I think we're, we're pretty closely aligned here. I just think that it's a really dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous precedent. And I think that I don't know if the HIA point that you guys are making, I don't know if that's strong enough. Mm. But then, I, yeah, I don't have a coherent uh, proposal to, to go with. But it's definitely an interesting one because I think we're going to see more and more of it, sadly. Mm. And okay. getting... Okay. Go on.
2: Facundo Gigenya to name and shame. I thought I thought that was despicable. I mean
0: despicable.
2: Should we, should we, should, should we, should we talk about the Charlie Yules?
1: Yeah, we uh, might
2: as it. I mean, yeah, we are while we're on it. I mean, I'll be honest. Brainless and stupid from Charlie Yules. I mean, completely the last thing you'd expect and want from your captain. At that moment in the game, when he just when you just had a red card, like minutes before, to do that when you're already on a when you're already on a yellow card, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. I mean, I was I was there. There were a few choice words said at the at the TV in, in, in Charlie's household, so uh, it was yeah, pretty frustrating. But yeah, he did he, as I said. The milkman was out, and I I was pretty pissed off at the way he acted then. But Charlie Yule's, come on! You've got you've got to be doing better from, better than that, especially when you've been away from like the club. Like you, you want to be coming back on on good terms. And now he's, I, I'm not sure uh, he's he's. I'm not not sure if he will get banned or not. I think Tom, you sent something earlier, but I didn't quite get the whole gist of it. Uh, I know <laughs> Muir and Dunn have a. I know Muir and Dunn have a me to hearing you? on Wednesday. But what's happening with Charlie Yule's? I
0: can explain it like so. Yule's will get. Uh, looked into because for, for the two yellows, uh, the, that's kind of a standard You, you go to standard disciplinary if you get two yellow cards in a match, which you really, as we were saying, you rarely see. And he's likely at worst to only get one week for that, unless something's picked up in the individual yellow cards. Uh, Will Muir, who you know we don't agree really to talk about it, and there's any complaints there about the yellow cards. But if he's found, uh, to, if he's cited, he the low end of that particular sanction is four weeks. So we could, uh, you know, um, potentially be missing him for for a few more game weeks. And Tom Dunn, again, for the elbow to the head, two weeks is the low end, and then mid range is you know a fair bit more punitive It's six weeks. So that would be a, a massive loss if 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 uh, it comes out. And I believe the hearings are on Wednesday, so um, in a couple of days' time. So hopefully we'll, uh, we we should hear um, mm. obviously before the before the Zebra game. I think the this. The, but presumably it won't come into effect for the Zebra game
1: presumably that's just Premiership rugby is that right? No it's just game. it's just it's game. Games. Just games is it? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough okay well yeah then look out for that one on Wednesday for sure do you think the side team just fine on this would be that would be a good way of of, of, of kind of after the game penalising someone like Creevy when you may have you may have more time, the referee and the sighting of may have more time to kind of review it and That's then there they can go in and go, oh, for that, you get a ban, but actually in game, nothing. Affects. That's a
0: really good point and also you'd have the other benefit that the independent, in inverted commas, doctor could assess the actual impact and, you know, get more of an idea of the the impact of that Anyway,
1: Charlie's not having it. It's a fascinating discussion at Bath Rugby Plug, across socials, Twitter, uh, still firing away on Instagram. So get in touch with us with your thoughts. I think, to be clear, we didn't lose the game because of the referee or anything like that. We lost the game because of just sheer ill-discipline and sloppiness from from some of our key players. But I think what we are saying is that it would have been, you know, it was made more frustrating by the fact that we all feel that, Maybe they don't go back and look at them, or maybe the sanction aren't as strong if the Northern Irish players are slightly, you know, aren't trying to necessarily um, make the referees go back and look at it. If that makes sense, but I think Bartil discipline in, in in that period yeah. was was just criminal. So yeah, the done red card. Um, obviously, the next phase from that, logo scores in the corner, then from the kickoff. Wilmuir gets a yellow card and then they take the, the penalty into uh, into touch around the halfway line. Two phases later, Charlie Ewells has a yellow card. So we're down to 13 men in the space of 12, oh, 12 men. 12 men, sorry, excuse me. 12 men, um, as, as we established earlier with the, the time of last next game. Matt is not my strong point, but yeah, <laughs> 12 men. Um, and yeah. <laughs> In, in, in what was probably about half an hour of, of real time, given how long it took them to look at it, probably about three minutes of game time. But I think three phases of rugby, uh, we lost three players. So, yeah, crazy. And for it to be experienced guys in particular, Dunn and, and, and yours, really is disappointing. So, um, yeah, disappointing. And I think another try scored in transition, Tom, uh, but this one may be slightly more uh, explainable, given it was 15 v 13. And when Sam Underhill drops that ball, And we're scrambling to defend. It's almost impossible for us to do so.
0: Yeah, I think it it, it was very difficult to defend. But I think on the flip side, from from you know a coaching point of view, it's all the more important to 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 not to take risks and to with with offloads and to hold the ball and to really focus on keeping possession. When you know that if you you are turned over, it's it's almost a Hmm. a certain drop not yeah back yeah back yeah back. no I, I know but again it's it's, yeah. it's an error and it's it's a very bad time to make an error when they've mm. got a, a two-man overlap and some some you know very as you said impressive outside backs actually I thought
1: mm. yeah really disappointing phase of the game for Bath uh certainly that's kind of 60 to 70 minutes um, but we clawed our way back into it Charlie <laughs> was that Bath being good was that Max Rockies slightly evening the game up or was that London Irish thinking the game was in the bag? What was your take of that last 10 minutes?
2: I don't know. It was a mix. I mean, because there was a moment where I felt like we were scrambling uh, shortly after the the three um, the three sin binnings, great cards, whatever you want to call them. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I thought that perhaps London Irish was going to completely run away with the game. Uh, then there was there was sort of a moment where it was turning and we, we managed to have a couple of set-piece plays where we kept it tight, mm. and our power sort of showed. And I think from that moment, I mean, that obviously then led to, uh, well, eventually to London Irish yellow cards. But I think the game plan... It, that we managed to play within those, in those few sort of minutes in terms of like keeping it tight and actually reversing the type is perhaps something we should have done right from the start. Because mm-hmm. I felt that like I sort of said this at the beginning of the podcast, I felt that us trying to play some loose rugby and throw the ball around sort of played in London Irish's hands where, whereas if we started off the game, perhaps with the likes of Tom Dunn on the field, Beno Urbano on the field who looked really strong when he came on and mm-hmm just out-muscled, out-muscled them from the get-go. I mean, perhaps the scoreline would have been a lot different at half-time. So, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's 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 a tricky one to analyse. I mean, I know you've not really answered the question there, Gabriel, but <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel like it sort of swung both ways. There was a moment where the ties could have turned and they could have put, you know, two, three tries on us in those last 15 minutes, but we managed to absorb that sort of first wave of attack and then hold on to the ball, which mm. was, I thought was really impressive. And that ability to hold on to the ball. And actually, I mean, to score two tries when we were down to 14 men, I know they, uh, sorry, down to 12 men, 13 men, whenever it was, I know they we ended up, we finished the game, even Stevens, but uh, in, in able to outpower them to cause those yellow cards was really impressive.
0: Mm. It, yeah. just, it just showed the, blue, the, the, the blueprints what we should be doing all game I don't I think that that pack that was on the pitch uh, you know excluding Tom Dunn and Libano would have been enough to to to, to bash over and to, to win the arm wrestle I think we were throwing the ball around needlessly at times as you said Charlie we didn't need to play like that I think we could have beaten them in the in the Volkswagen polo and we tried the Lamborghini and I it, it didn't work as I say but uh, some, some some positives to take like I I just to talk about <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry Tom wasn't
2: it you broke down in the polo on Friday night didn't you
0: no, I, mean, yeah. I could have pushed that through the land there. <laughs> 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 I, I wanted to say a couple of things um, firstly first premiership appearance for a uh, friend of the podcast Max De who, who who was good. And then the other thing
2: I wanted to... And Alex Gray. Alex Gray, yeah. And the, other, the second thing yeah, I wanted to... Yeah. It wasn't Alex Gray's debut. He he played against whoever it was when uh, Stuart Hooper was handing out the shirts to Willy Nilly. Oh, was he, yeah. Was that yeah, Gray? Yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. Gray and Schumann? Who was that? It, it was definitely Tia. I don't know if it was Gray.
1: Maybe it was maybe Gray. I think he Sorry. has come on. He's, he's, he's got oh, yeah. a bit shaggy, shaggy, as they call him, apparently.
0: Sorry, I to interrupt you in full flame. No, 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 I was just saying Max Joma, uh, you know, mm. guy that we've spoken about, the, the 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 sort of highlight reels that we've seen for him playing at A level have been unreal. So good to see him get a uh, uh, his first premiership appearance. And then maybe I think one thing we haven't spoken about yet, quite incredibly, and G, maybe this is one for you, is Orlando Bailey yeah, getting his, his, his first start. And you know, let's let's not spend hours on this, but the, <laughs> maybe G, if you just if uh, you just uh, maybe uh, give a quick assessment of, of flip
2: over
1: to our next podcast Yeah, how, how you think he got on yeah I no, you're right Tom thanks for thanks for kind of pulling us all back together yeah I, I think it was Orlando I was so excited to see him play I, as you boys can probably attest to looking at our WhatsApp chat I was very excited on Saturday to, to see him play uh, and I'm still excited about the prospect that he can be and I think you know it, it was like he been gone on his bike for the first time, Stuart Hooper is his dad, but he still had the, the stabiliser wheels on. You know, he, he kind of wasn't kicking either at goal or um, uh, to, to touch. Spencer took all that responsibility. Spencer box kicked pretty much every time, so again, wasn't having to clear his lines. I also thought a lot of the time, Jonathan Joseph was stepping in at first receiver okay. uh, in the back, so I thought in that instance, it almost felt like it almost felt like he was a passenger at times, but I do think that we saw a couple of glimpses, particularly in that first half when he had when he had uh, kind of 50, 14 players alongside him. I thought we saw it him in, in, in get into positions and take the ball to the line and start to make that backline tick in, in a nice way, and 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 I think. He didn't play as well as probably Priestland or, or Schumann would have done on the on the day, but he's what 19 years old. Um, so I, I I I think we need to obviously temper expectations. And I think we we saw he was he was good in defence. He really didn't look out of place in defence, which would which you know was was encouraging. And I think we saw a couple of glimpses, but I do think that. That Hooper was very, very wary of of, um, of making sure that he kind of what didn't have to be the centre of attention. Almost could step into the game as and when he he kind of uh, wanted to. So I want to see more of it even after.
0: Uh, I, mean, after that I think we're likely to aren't we? because Suhman obviously out for the rest of the season and mm. recent, I think he was he was due to be out for a few weeks, so likely to see him get a couple more starts. And you know, Zebra. Uh, on on Friday, might be a good yeah, good chance for him. Just maybe maybe one more point I wanted to make. So around not having Priestland doing our kicking, and I think we've taken it for granted with whatever it was his thirty six kicks in a row and how incredible that's been. Spencer did a great job stepping into his shoes. You know he doesn't he doesn't do that he doesn't kick that all that often, and he and he 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 really does take responsibility well. And I thought he had a yeah yeah you know, a really good game for the most part, but he you know we did miss ten points from the tee, which ultimately in a in a three point game is, is 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 kind of fairly key. And if if Priestman gets them, then again mm-hmm. there's a the difference potentially between between two and five points. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just thought I'd say that.
2: Mm. Yeah, his final goal as well. I mean, I know he dropped yeah, you know, I know he dropped it one of them, but uh, yeah, that was that was sort of the difference really between. I mean, we make one of those kicks. Well, certainly the one he dropped a goal. I mean, that that kick was actually almost hugely important. I know that it sort of needed to be rushed, but I felt like he could have perhaps tried to take it off a tee because if he makes that, we can kick three points and actually win the game. Um, We're well, sorry, even the last one they hit a goal. So I'm trying. I'm thinking about this as as uh, as a kick that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting I'm that he actually missed touch uh, on that penalty at the end. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, that's yeah. basically it. So that's so, so what I was trying to say There is, he makes either of those conversions from those last two tries. And, yeah, it, it, it sort of sets the game up a bit differently at
1: the finale. Right, I think if he if he gets the first one, yeah. then he can just like, like take his time. his time on that second one, and then he might get that one, and then obviously we win by one point. So yeah, missing the first one was was yeah key. But yeah. lads, it's from the the opposite oh, it's, it's, touchline. It, and it's the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not, not saying it's easy, but yeah. I will say I will say. it. Without Ben Spencer, that, that game unravels for us. In those last ten minutes, he's the absolute heartbeat of that team. You know, Definitely. everywhere, full of energy, having played a full seventy minutes. The guy is fantastic. I, I really love him. So I thought he was excellent. And I think, yeah, maybe a little bit harsh for me, boys. Tom wine chatted. It
0: did it, chat it. annoy me. Is it annoying me when he missed touch at the end. I didn't feel like he had to bite off like that much. But um, anyway, like you said, overall, he had a great game and he took on essentially the work of one and a half positions and, and one and a half key positions at that. So um, anyway, shall we? Um, yeah, go on. Let's, let's move on to, to, to a guy that may
1: be kicking sticks for Bath uh, even before the end oh, of this season. been practising, hasn't uh, he? Yeah, been practising with Johnny Wilkinson. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see a, a, a fantastic kicking performance from Danny Cipriani, of course. Uh, announced on Tuesday last Tuesday that he was signing an extended one-year contract with Bath joining uh, at the start of May so soon and then obviously for the whole of next season (laughs) okay so we've spoken about this a lot I think I think it's been made clear now that Charlie and Tom in particular you probably weren't very positive about this and Tom I think from your point of view you felt that it was probably unlikely, so therefore, you may not have kind of really thought yeah, about it, yeah. it, it, it properly. Now that it's signed, have you managed to talk yourself into it? Are you seeing
0: it from a different perspective? I'm trying to. I'm <laughs> trying to find the kind of rays of hope, and now it's done. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I don't want him to fail and I don't want it to go badly. Uh, I'd much rather be proven wrong. I, I you know, but I, I do think it's, it, it's a big risk, and I think there's a lot of question marks around it. So, Firstly, you know, will he be a destructive personality within, within the squad? Um, uh, potentially given, you know, some of the, um, you know, uh, given that that's been the case at other squads he's been in, shall we say. Secondly, if he does end up leaving under a bit of a cloud, will that undermine, you know, the coaching staff, the decision made by Stuart Hooper and some of the senior players in, I guess, a comparable way to, to, to Mike Ford's departure? Uh, a few years ago and thirdly a point that you made G has he even got it at the age of 34 at premiership level especially and I think this is important especially without the incentive of potentially playing for England which he had when he was so good for Gloucester the moment that got removed when he was at Gloucester that was the moment we started to see him you know drop off and ultimately leave with kind of immediate effects when things didn't quite go his way so I think you know over the short term as I said last week it may be it may be a good move, and we may see him starting to get the backline firing. But I, I just think, personally, that the risks are, uh, are potentially higher than the, the the long-term rewards. This is a short term; it's one year. It's well, it's yeah, it's 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 one of yes. I'm I'm more thinking, yeah, you know, he may get us into the the top four this year. Well, I don't see how he can make that happen if he comes in May. I, I just think like it, I don't think we can build uh, the sort of um, foundation and the sort of the sort of team that we want to with a short bit, as you say, a season of Danny Cipriani. And I think that some of the risks as well that I've outlined are potentially, um, you know, pretty uh, pretty devastating for for the club.
1: Charlie, you still seeing it as a terrible idea, as you said on last week's podcast? <laughs> <I
2: can't laughs> really. yeah, that's, that's going to be the narrative from now <laughs> now on, but look, yeah, okay. I think I'm I'm sort of largely in the same park as Tom. The fact that I think, okay, it's it's a one-year deal. It could work. We've seen it work at Gloucester in the past, where he turned up and the first season he's there gets into the playoff. It's the first time they've been to the playoff in years. But in reality, I see there being a sort of honeymoon period where... Mm where cipriani joins and we see quite a big reaction we see quite a bit of change as he sort of starts to put his mark on the team but then i I feel like there's going to be this inevitable patch where the wheels sort of come off the team um and it all seem well, well go to pot whatever you want to say i just feel like the wheels are going to come off but the question is when will those wheels come off if you can make that, if you can make it last an entire season, then look, we might be looking at this as, as a wonder signing. But I, 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 like, like Thomas said, I think there are a lot of risks, a lot of ifs and buts involved in this signing. So, look, I, it, it, it's happened now. I want to get behind it. I want to be as like positive about it as I can. But I, that is how I feel at this mm-hmm. moment in time. And oh. I think that a lot, between now and what September next year?
0: Yeah, and we're definitely in the minority chai, mm. But I, I also think I don't quite understand. I understand the point around the one-year deal, but I don't quite understand how that plays out. So either he does, he comes in realistically at the start of next season. By the time you know he's he's starting playing properly and for any length of time, everything goes really well. We build our attack around him, and then it comes around to oh, should we renew Danny Siprani's contract? We're still in that honeymoon period, and then of course they're going to renew it. So if it goes well, I, I. I you know, I see Bath potentially wanting it to, to continue beyond the beyond the one year. And if it all was going well at that point, then maybe Cipriani wants to do that. If it goes badly, then he leaves after the one year at the end of the current deal. And then it's gone badly and it's wasted waste of time anyway. So I don't quite see how it plays out. I don't quite see how the one year thing works.
1: Yeah. And unless unless he goes there, unless he then goes abroad, I guess. And, and and unless he plays the year, does fantastically well. Orlando Bailey arises as the the second coming, and Danny goes off abroad. Orlando oh, leads us. Yeah, it. You're Orlando listening. leads
0: us. <laughs> to this this <laughs> dreamland.
1: Mate. Oh yeah, I know that. Trust me. But I, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna play devil's advocate and, I, and I'm also kind of starting to believe this. And I and I think we we, we put on so I put on Twitter a poll when we signed him, uh, and I think 66 percent of the people that voted described it as a fantastic signing. And I think, and quite a few saying they weren't sure, right? Yeah. So it, was only, a small so it was only only firm no thanks was only six percent. So yeah, I think most Bath fans and looking across Twitter in particular, I'm not sure kind of what our viral Instagram page is saying. But <laughs> yeah, certainly on on Twitter that people have seem to be really happy about the signing. And I think. You check Spotify. And I, I really don't know. I really don't know how much of a disruptive influence Cipriani still is. I think it's very difficult to say that. That he's going to come in and be a big personality and piss everyone off because I don't think we know that we know that, that we know that there's been kind of controversies that have made him leave Gloucester and made him leave leave Wasps uh, on sale I don't think we actually know that I think yeah when he was younger there was obviously you know he was quite disruptive but I don't think that's the case now and I think if he can come in if he can get the 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 the, the backline going in a way that, that we've asked for for so long for so long we've wanted a fly half who who can ignite those backs if he can do that and if he can also almost act as like a coach slash mentor to create an attacking structure create a backline structure and then that then and, and and kind of gradually feed Orlando into that then i think it's i, I think it could work i think it could work well um i also- this this sorry this coach this
2: cloak coach slash mentor role that everyone seems to be talking him into I don't know, quite know where it's come. Has the club released a statement saying that Danny will be joining on a player slash coach role? I don't no, think so. I firmly play 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 think play Danny Cipriani, so sorry, I firmly think that Danny Cipriani likes to be the star of the show. Yeah, I do not think is signing in a role that is to bring through Orlando <laughs> Bailey. No, it is. Is,
0: ex- is. Charlie, that's exactly what they said in the statement, oh, no. the official statement. No. So, yeah, it is. It is. Let me find the official
1: statement. It's
2: right. almost like you've not... I don't it. believe it. I don't believe it for one second. <laughs> I do not believe it for one second. I think Danny Cipriani is coming to this club believing that he's going to be in that starting 10 jersey yeah. for the entire time that he is in the club. And the fact that People think, oh, oh, I I, just don't I just don't believe it. Well, I it- do not believe oh, it. Okay. Look, oh. uh, that, that's, no, no, no. Here we go. Look. Zipriani <laughs> will join. It's you. You. No, no. Whether it's been said or not. No facts. No facts, for Charlie, <laughs> no facts to Charlie, <laughs> please. No facts to me. Let me read the statement. Let me read the statement. I, I, I'm I, going to go on pure speculation, okay? Are <laughs> yeah, you happy for me to do that? Do pure you mean speculation. that you're going to make a
1: comment, not backed by facts or logic?
2: That is entirely how I operate.
1: On. <laughs> right. Let me read. Let me read the statement. So it says in the statement: Sipparani will join Tien Schumann as an experienced fly half who will support Bath's developing players, in particular Orlando Bailey, Bailey, to develop their game. That is remarkable to put in the statement of yeah. signing a, a, an international fly half But you literally name the fly half who's going to be his me. replacement. Uh, I, I do right, at the complete fly-offs. Well, I, I know you think that, but I do think that that would be an important role, and I also think. You know, I know I said last week, can he he still play? And maybe he can't. But I think it's important to remember 2019, end of 2019 season, which I know kind of in world terms feels like it was 1990, you know. Well, so much has changed and it's just been, you know, it seems like such a long time ago. But I think that's only like a season and a half ago in rugby terms. He won player of the year that season
0: so that's just BT rhetoric, man. No,
1: no, it was Associated Press. Associated Press, Player of the Year. So I do think maybe he can still do it. And and if, you know, I, I know that I'm kind of... A fan of it a up, so, radio I'm drumming <laughs> it up to... I'm drumming it up to try and also um, speak a little bit, I think, of what a lot of fans think. And I do think a lot of fans have seen that we just can't get the best out of our, our, our outside backs, can't get the best out of our whole back line. And I think... With Cipriani, with Cipriani, I do think that that the maybe we will finally see it. And then if he can mentor Bailey, it will just be that. That's the ideal world. You're, you're, you're to
0: yourself, mate. Too.
2: <laughs> that is the ideal world. Look, I want to fully get behind Danny Cipriani. I would love to get fully behind him, but I'm so skeptical about the situation. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think this reality like this. This luxury reality is actually going to come to fruition. That's all I'm going to say. And no,
1: but he joins in May, eighth
0: of May, Bristol at home. Will we see a debut for Siprani? Oh, oh, no. I mean, you talk about <laughs> to win. Talk about winning me round. If he if he orchestrates a win against Bristol, I'll be straight on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Really quickly then, boys. Uh, other news in the week was that Big, uh, Joe. Big Joe has signed a contract extension uh, for Bath, twenty-three year old. Has um, been at the wreck for three years, and agreed extension to end the 2022-23 season. So a couple year extension. Um, we've obviously covered Joe to death and uh, kind of what his performance has been like. But but Charlie, I know that he was kind of in 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 the on socials with something that that's close to your heart as well. So the right, if you want to just touch on that briefly.
2: Yeah, like I know, look, um, I'm the son of an army man myself. Uh, my dad served thirty three years in the army. Served in in. Multiple wars, and I just think uh, it's something that I've sort of forgotten actually to mention over the past couple of podcasts about what's going on with uh, Joe Thorpen and Cedar's dad. He served for 14 years in the military, two tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, and uh the UK government is, uh, for one reason or another, deciding not to allow him to stay in, in the country, so he's been having to live in Fiji for uh the past year or so um while his uh his wife is also suffering from a brain tumor so I think look uh, I know we've we've talked about Joe's form whatever on this podcast um uh we've I, I know we've you know, completely separated rugby from anything else that's going off the field but, but there's clearly some things going on there mm. and I just anyone who's able to uh just uh google it i know uh, joe's had it on his instagram i've tried to share some stuff on my personal instagram i'll try to share something on um the bath rugby plug instagram but if you just uh, look at that share it um they're stopping um a man who's served uh this country and risked his life and stopping him from being in this country because of uh some small political reasons i think it's sickening personally but um uh, please just look into it yourselves. Um, look into the players who are sharing it, and I think it's it's something we should just uh, be be aware of and be relevant. I think it's a really important issue. Um, yeah, well also, said. Yeah, well please. said, Charlie. I think yeah, definitely
1: yeah. go and definitely go and read it. It's yeah, a lot all, all over social, So go and read it um, and, and kind of take all that in. But yeah, well said, Charlie um tom then so that's charlie's uh, bit of homework done tom your bit of homework this week was to um to to, to, to educate us on on zebra and, and their, their performance i think we thought we might run long on this one so we don't want to go too much into this so so a brief right. one from you tom and then i'll give a reckless prediction and we'll probably wrap up on, then.
0: so first thing <laughs> i'm going to say is i'm looking forward to actually a new competition mm. and starting up with some you see uh, that lovely that lovely european camp. exactly what a, what a treat for the eyes, and um, looking yeah, so building out some kind of fresh but equally probably reckless hope and a new goal in sight. And we are kicking off our Challenge Cup campaign at a very cool sounding stadium called it called the Stadio in the Stadium Sergio <laughs> Lanfranchi, um, in, in, in Zebra. Um, and fortunately, we're kicking off as well with a team that has been really struggling. Mm. Uh, bottom of Conference A in the in the Pro 14, which finished at the weekend, they only won four out of 16 of those games. Um, most latterly, they lost 49 points to three away to a, a second string Ulster side without any names I really recognise at all, um, as is kind of common in the Pro 14. So, um, yeah, they've been better at home, but I think... You know, if we've got any hopes about going far in this competition and potentially any silverware then uh, this needs to be kind of a, a four try bonus point I think I mean, in terms of in terms of selection so obviously you know could potentially look at resting some guys um or potentially kind of try and start this competition out on a on, on a positive foot by putting out a stronger side i personally would be going with kind of the latter option and I'm but kind of happy to see some kind of I guess inexperienced peppers peppered in there as well it looks like Bailey will be be starting with Priestland Still uh, likely to be unavailable. Um, however, we're also likely to see Tom De Glanville and potentially even Cameron Redpath come Ooh. back and, and and potentially feature. So that could be good if, if all three of those guys are potentially featuring in in the back line. The only thing I was going to say is um, I'd really like to see Barno and Stewart come back in and start. You know, those guys actually didn't play that much rugby over the Six Nations, so really want to see them come in and 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 get a get a um, a, a, a start as well. Uh, just to mention on, on their side, so they Carlo Camera at Fly Half is um, and also ex-Bath guy David Sisi, but looking through their squad, not a lot of other names. Um Bellini, I think, the Italian centre. But yeah, in summary, uh I think you know, let's get off to a quick start, get those five points, uh, and and uh, and yeah, try and try and bring some silverware back ultimately.
1: Yeah, this is huge. This is huge, lads. We can win this competition. Definitely. So yeah, I, I agree. I think this. I think this should be our, our main focus for the rest of the season. I genuinely do. I'd much rather win this than than scrape sixth. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this new competition. Three o'clock kickoff. Be nice. Uh, kick the weekend off well, hopefully. And yeah, I would like to see some experience, but I would like to see so a Jomo would be one I'd like to see to see feature, maybe, maybe. And, and also Alex Gray who's another one of these back three options that we have um, I know Hooper's been keen to get him involved so yeah this seems like a perfect opportunity for him but but also let let's let's go and let's win and let's let's win well yeah
2: yeah I mean uh it's an exciting <laughs> one uh, haven't they also got Charlie Walker in their ranks the old Quinn's boy haven't they I, th- I swear he's been playing in Italy Zebrae for a while. I mean uh, maybe he's, he's gone, but, uh, potentially injured. I have no idea. So <laughs> have to ignore that. But look, let's be honest, the man we're all looking forward to seeing he's come back off the bench this weekend. Will Spencer is back. <laughs> How excited are we? Charlie Yules is probably gonna be banned for the week. So look, it's inevitable. Uh a Will Spencer start. I am particularly excited to see him play i know i
0: have a different opinion to uh can you talk us through the obsession here because we when he came on just now and watching the game we watched him we were like let's see what charlie's looking for and his first impact he kind of went half-heartedly kind of sealed off a ball on a rock and then got absolutely destroyed in the counter and just Just what what do you see that we're all missing just wait
2: he's abrasive he's strong and he's look, he's he's going to be putting in hits left, right, and centre. Look, just just wait and watch. I I, I think look, he's he's, he's going to be integral to Bath's uh, <laughs> finale this season. So look, just watch it, and you'll understand, Tom. You're
1: just too short-sighted. The important thing to stress here as well is Charlie's not taking the piss out of Will oh, Spencer. No. Charlie genuinely really thinks he's a class player. So it must be something that we're all
0: missing.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Look
0: forward to seeing him play. On, on I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna do If he starts, I'll be doing Will Spencer count the whole time. <laughs> Fantastic stuff,
1: boys. Really enjoyed the podcast. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, another week where we didn't read out the reviews, we've had some more reviews on um, on Apple Podcasts. So do review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can get it on Apple Podcasts.
0: Up to, nine, up to 99 reviews as well. So well, how about we read out our 100th review?
1: Yeah, 100th review. We'll, we'll definitely read Only it out. Only this five star. No, if it, well, I enjoy the one stars probably even more actually. <laughs> Give us a one star. I'll definitely read it out. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Tom's saying you can get us on Spotify. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Enjoy the rugby this weekend, Uh, European rugby back, and stick behind the boys through thick and